Warning, the following podcast has been classified as insanely lucrative. Listener discretion is advised. I'm like, how can we make $100,000 right now? And you're like, okay, how can we make $10 million in two years? Your attention, please, please. Listening to the AMPM podcast may cause recurring revenue streams and unfair, unfair advantages over your competitors. Other side effects may include better wallets, fired bosses, and longer vacations. Listen at your own risk. Here's your host, seven-figure entrepreneur and online marketing madman, Manny Coates. Manny Coates. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates, and I will be your host. And this is the show where we discuss generating recurring revenue 24 hours per day during the AM and the PM, day or night, hence the name of the show. As a matter of fact, I was just in Santa Monica having a beer, some fish tacos, even got on a Ferris wheel. And guess what, guys? I was making money while doing that. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. I am here with my good buddy and the director of marketing for all of our companies, Guillermo Puyol. Say hello, Guillermo. Hello, everybody. I asked Guillermo to come online to talk about branding. Um, I think it's a pretty important discussion. But before we get to that, Guy, a very important question. What is your favorite movie? Oh, man, yeah, that's important. We definitely got to go over that. My favorite movie is Top Gun, actually. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. Okay, so branding. Um, We talk about selling products on Amazon all the time, finding a product and a supplier, getting it online and making money. But one of the things that a lot of people don't cover is the actual importance of branding. And you're really, really big on branding and looking at the long term. I'm like, how can we make $100,000 right now? And you're like, okay, how can we make $10 million in two years, right? So let's talk about branding. Where do you want to start? Well, uh, one of the things that I find problematic at the beginning for most sellers is that they they have a product mentality. So they, they think about finding the next product uh, instead of finding the next audience to serve. And I think there's a, a big difference. And that's the difference between that $100,000 a year to $10, $20 million brand that you can sell. Okay, so that's a good point. So for example, um, Nike, right? I mean, you have the the little swoop, the Nike swoop, and you can take any $5 t-shirt, right? But if you put the swoop on there, boom, it instantly becomes a $20, $30 shirt. Is that what you're talking about in terms of building that brand? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not only about the, the brand recognition. Like for example, with, with Nike, they took a $100 logo, which that's, that's actually what they, they paid for that logo was about $100 to a college student. And they take took that into an internationally recognized brand. So um, that, is, that is the importance of building a brand, making it recognizable, so that all of a sudden, just because you have that brand attached to a product, there's a lot more information that comes into uh, the prospect's mind. So uh, you wanna uh, help people associate your brand with quality, with uh, maybe prestige. I mean, you can have uh, a, a vehicle. It takes you from point A to point B. But if you attach a Rolls Royce brand to that vehicle, all of a sudden you know that it's not just a commuter. 
it has a lot of added value because of it has that brand. Right. That perceived value automatically. Even if you don't like the body style, you're like, holy crap, that's a, you know, $400,000 car. Exactly. So, well, so I'm, I'm going to jump around here real quick, uh, but, you know, our long-term goals for our brands, uh, just so everybody knows where we're at at the start of this uh, podcast, is that we want to build two brands per year. Okay. That's that's our goal. Um, and maybe more, but I think with two, it's, it's pretty good. We're working on one now and we're going to be starting the second one here shortly. Um, but my goal, um, and I know I talk to Guy every day. Guy's in Texas. I'm here in California. And hopefully real soon we're, we're in the same office together. But our, my goal and I think Guy's goal is to build each brand up to seven figures by the end of this year. And then hopefully um, combined, we can get everything up to about eight figures, that $10 million mark by the end of next year. And then one of my personal goals is to sell one of the brands this year. I'd like to see if I can do that. I've never done it with Amazon. But uh, those are the goals for our company, what we want to do, but let's let's back up now. Now that people, you know, the, the the listeners know what we're going after. Let's talk about the brand itself. Explain to the listeners how somebody should go about, you know, just picking a brand or sorry, picking a product online and say, okay, you know what, I can I can sell this glassware versus actually, you know, selecting a brand that's going to build uh, over time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, as I mentioned before, it's it's a matter of not thinking of the product uh, and making decisions uh, based around the product, but based around the audience. So, for example, if you have a hiker, what does that hiker need? So they, they probably need boots, they probably need water bottles, backpacks, uh, tools, uh, maybe a compass. So all of those are things that that audience as a whole is going to need. So if you focus your brand into serving a, a specific audience, then all of a sudden you're gonna know what your next product is going to be. So now you've already got the water bottle, then you probably wanna have the backpack. So it follows a path rather than just finding the next private label product that's completely unrelated to, to each other. Okay. So, so these are complementary products to each other. And I think you know a lot of people have talked about that if you're, you know, if you've got a widget or whatever it is, then you want the next widget that might be similar to that first one. Yeah, that's right. Um, you can actually have, um, you can go different routes. Whenever you're figuring out the, your product, where you, you're selecting your product, the main goal is to think of the value, the customer, the customer value. So a lot of people focus too much on increasing sales. Increasing sales is very, very difficult because if you're working off of a one-off purchase kind of product, then you always have to find the next customer and the next customer and be uh, driving up PPC, trying to close sales every day. Whereas if you're finding customers that will continue to buy from you, then you can increase the value per customer. And that's something that you can really control. For example, uh, with replenish, uh, replenishables, which is uh, a great um, market to go into. Mm -hmm. If you capture, you can actually pay uh, $20 in order to sell a $10 product, if you know your metrics, mm -hmm. because um, we know that acquiring that customer is going to always be more expensive. But if you know your metrics, you know your numbers, uh, you might know that in the long run, that person is going to reorder seven times. So the average customer will give you $70, 
So you, you might be able to pay 20 to acquire that customer. And those are very, very rough numbers, of course. But the idea is that if, if you can, you're handling replenishables, for example, skincare, lotion, supplements, um, all those things that you get one customer and then they reorder, that's a great way to go. Right. So now, so that's getting that one customer to keep buying and, and you're generating additional revenue every single month or at least multiple times per year. When I think about the brands that we're building, I'm making sure that the brands are high quality, right? Like the, I mean, because it, it makes no sense to me to have super cheap products that are just, I mean, garbage products for the most part, right? That you really don't care about and then building a brand around it because nobody cares, right? So I think with the brand, it has to be something you're proud of, something that's high quality um, that the person will say, man, you know, I just bought this blender from the, whatever the company name is, that brand. And now that brand comes out with a food processor or a uh, toaster or whatever it is, right? Um, and then they want to buy your brand because they were very satisfied with the other one, the other product. No, absolutely. I mean, um, you're talking about product lines in, in that case. So there's you can go the, the replaceable brand, uh, route where you're selling consumables and people that, that buy one consumable is likely to buy the another consumable of the same brand. Or you can uh, go through product lines and fill up their kitchen or their office um, with the same brand products because they know, like, and trust you. Right. That's, that's one of the, the, the key things. If your first impression is a negative one, you've lost them forever. It's so hard to, to change that. Yeah. Uh, so you have to make sure that the first product that you put out is a quality product. Yeah, and, and going back to your um, replenishables, right? The consumables. I've got a buddy, he doesn't sell on Amazon, but he sells a lot and he sells New Zealand honey um, and it's got all these healing properties, he says. It does all kinds of different stuff. And it's a very expensive product. Like uh, compared to regular honey, it's like multiple times the cost of, of normal honey. And he has repeat buyers coming in, you know, just constantly, even though his product's probably, you know, three times more expensive than than general honey that you would buy or four times. I don't know, it was some crazy number, but he's he's established a, a very good brand name and people buy and they also tell their friends, hey, buy this because it's super awesome. Yeah. And it's disposable. So, you know, you're gonna just replenishable, I should say. Uh, you have people coming in over and over and over. So that's awesome. And that's, that's one of the things that we're going to be working towards on our brands as well. So. Absolutely, absolutely, we have to. Yeah, so you can do accessories along with that. Like, for example, if you've got, I don't know, a food processor, we're going back to that example, you could sell additional things like what blades and different holders and cups and, and things that go along with that, right? To, I guess, squeeze that customer. And maybe that's a wrong term, it sounds terrible, but you know, to get that customer to to invest a little bit more into additional things for the for your product line. Yeah, and, and the, the thing is, uh, how much value can you provide to to one in the individual. So if like, if you go back to that product mentality, what's gonna be my next product? What's gonna be my next product? Instead of that is what else does my audience need? So right. if, if you already have a very, very specific audience in mind and you know you know what they're thinking, you know what, what work they do, you know how much money they make, then you can have a cl clear picture of what the next product or series of products is, uh, are going to be. Right, and that makes sense. And well, let's let's talk about the brand name because a lot of people are, you know, they come out with a product and maybe they'll have a product name, but they don't, they really haven't thought their brand name through. You and I have talked about this, right, at length. And 
one of the important things I think with brand is that the name itself have some kind of meaning, an automatic meaning, like it conveys whatever it is that uh, that you're trying to go after. And we use this example uh, just recently where if a person didn't know anything about pizzas on TV or anything like that, and they saw two exactly equal pizzas that are in the store, and one was called Charlie's Pizza and the other one was DiGiorno Pizza, which I think the majority of people have heard, right? They've seen the commercials. DiGiorno sounds like a better pizza, doesn't it? It yeah. does to me. Absolutely, because um, there's a mental imagery that comes with the Italian sounding name. I mean, pizza should be Italian, and there's a lot that comes involuntarily uh, to your mind just because of the name. Right. So if if a if a customer has a product, and let's you, I'll let you pick a product, they should probably pick maybe a, a name related to, I guess that language or country or or something that conveys that. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. I mean. For example, um, if you were to to build a, a, a watch, uh, a watch is something that has to be precise, uh, always uh, very, very exact. So maybe a, a, a German name uh, could, could com- convey that, that preciseness of the, the Germans that are known for. Or Swiss or, even, right? Or, or the Swiss, absolutely. Or if, if it's something that, that's more around fashion, then you have uh, French names, for example. Right. I mean, there's there's a lot of connotations that go with, with names and we have to be able to to take that brand and instantly trigger something in, in the consumer's minds. Right, yeah, and that makes sense. And we do that, you know, if we have something, if we have a product that's supposed to be relaxing or whatever, we'll pick a, a name that sounds, you know, all relaxing and zenny and whatever you know. If it's, uh, for example, if it's a, if you have, if you're selling kind of a spa treatment type product where it has you know water that dribbles down rocks, you know, you've seen those things. I forget what they're called, but maybe a Japanese sounding brand would be awesome for that versus it just being called you know something American or English or or whatever the case might be. Absolutely, so yeah. I think that's important. Um, I know a lot of people don't do that. They want something that people will remember, but you know. A lot of times people are just searching on Amazon and they'll see four or five products that are very similar and all they can go by is that brand, that name that they see, as long as everything else is equal, right? Um, One of the cool things is that a well-chosen brand name will sound familiar to you even if it's the first time you hear it. Ah, yeah, that's a good point. That's true. Well, let's, let's talk about building up I guess audience, or actually, maybe you should talk to, talk about the difference between building up an audience and building up an email list because we want to talk about how to actually create users or, or have users available to advertise to outside yeah. of Amazon, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, because Amazon is so closed uh, with their user base, I think it's important, uh, an important aspect to grow your own audience. You cannot depend on Amazon. Amazon is a channel. So Amazon, uh, you can sell on, but you can also sell on Walmart, you can sell on uh, Sears, you can sell uh, through your own e-commerce site. Amazon is just a channel. So if you want to build a brand, you have to be able to control the eyeballs, control the audience. And one way to do that is through, through marketing, of course. So I believe that at least a portion of your marketing uh, should be designed to, to, to grow your list. Uh, and I mean, your, your audience, your list, I always say the money is in, in the list. That's something that's been going around for, for many, many years. But 
building an email list that you can market to is is of crucial importance, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Well, and but that's the tricky part, right, Guy? Because Amazon, that the customers that we're getting, they're really not our customers. They're Amazon's customers. I mean, they are, they're buying our product, but they're buying it through Amazon and we don't have that list. Amazon's very good about hiding that. You can communicate through them through their API or through their system, but they don't allow you, according to their terms of service, to get them to come outside of that. So how do you build, I mean, outside, we know how to build lists before they get to Amazon, but once they're at Amazon and they buy, how do you build a list from that? I think there's, there's, several ways that can be can be done some are a little bit riskier um, but if you think about the last time you bought an electronic uh, any kind of electronic equipment in Amazon you probably found uh, a brochure with inside the packaging there was probably a website on the on the package itself and there was probably a, a warranty registration card mm. so all of these things uh, can be ways that you can get people to open uh, your package and go to your uh, online properties. Okay, that's so, smart. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if, if you register, if you have them, give them a good reason why they should register their product, mm -hmm. then uh, they, they will go to your website and then of course you can uh, have them register to your mailing list, you can pixel them to, to retarget them. I mean, there's all kinds of things they can do. And you don't, I mean, you don't wanna break Amazon's rules but you can actually provide value by doing that. Yeah, and I think Amazon's rules are, they're, I guess they're really open to interpretation on a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, especially like with all the reviews, people say, hey, you can leave, you can get paid, or not paid, I guess they're technically paid reviews, but they're not, you're paying for the service. But as long as people say, hey, you know, I've, I got this at a discount, blah, blah, blah. That's, I guess these are all like gray areas, right? It's like, how far are you willing to push things to get ahead? and it's, uh, I guess it's risk analysis. We gotta figure out you know, what we're willing to do over everybody else and what's white hat, gray hat, and black hat, right? Yeah. So, so, and so if, if we're trying to build a list, I mean, technically you could probably go through the terms of service and say, well, you know what? If we capture their email address in any way outside, you know, somehow we've got a person to come outside of the whole sales process, you're against Amazon's terms of service. But I guess, it's gotta be a little giving. Like for example, if I put a flyer in my product, like let's say I have a product that no one's gonna register, right? It's not an electronic thing. And I have a flyer in there and it's giving 10% off for if you wanna buy another one, okay? Let's say they're, uh, they're, they're pans or something, selling pans. You know, is that against the terms of service? And, and I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think, uh, as, as you said, some, some of those uh, are open to interpretation and it depends on how much risk you're willing to tolerate. Uh, if if you were to have a, a coupon, for example, on on the autoresponder email, go to the customer and have and drive them straight from from Amazon's communication system to your own website, you'll probably get your account shut down instantly. But if if you send them a, a PDF with instructions and added value, not not a call to action, but hey, I'm selling you this this blender and here are some recipes that you can use on, on my website uh, that's maybe a gray area but so, i think it's it's a smart i think it's smart i mean there's got to be some level of risk taking otherwise you get dominated and crushed by by everybody so i think that's a great example so if you're let's say you're selling a blender you could have a an ebook 
that's all about you know smoothies and you know amazing smoothies that you can make. It's a it's a PDF file. Attach it to the autoresponder process that you have. Right when someone orders and they start getting emails from you saying, "Hey, it's on its way," and "Hey, do you like it?" and "Will you give me feedback?" And by the way, guys, uh, we just did a podcast on that. If it's not online now, it will be on shortly. But I think that is a risk that I'm willing to take. And again, it, it's a risk tolerance thing for everybody else. But if they have that PDF and they you know, they got that email says, hey, your blender is awesome, but you know, here's here are seven amazing recipes. And then they download it. And then within that, at the bottom, it says, hey, if there's a video of us making an ultimate margarita or whatever it is. And they go there and then you can capture their their information, their email address and stuff on your webpage from there. I think that's okay. I mean, you they're already outside of the sales process from Amazon. You know, they've already purchased. Now they've already downloaded an ebook. They might be looking at that ebook a week later. It's It has nothing to do with them being online with Amazon, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, if you were to provide that within the packaging, it's super safe. If you're doing that as a PDF attachment, it's somewhat risky. And if you were to like send them straight to, to an offer, then you're probably gonna get your account taken away. So again, it's it's all about the, the risk reward. It's crucial importance to, to grow your audience. So if you're not taking Amazon's customers, which you probably shouldn't be if, if that directly, but you should be building building your audience from external channels and then using Amazon for, for fulfillment. Right. That's the only way you're going to be able to build a, a brand. <laughs> so our users probably can tell that uh, Guy is the safer side, you know, safe guy. He's like, <laughs> he goes, don't do this, don't do this. And I'm like, well, how can we bend the rules to do this? Right. And uh, so we find some middle ground where, you know, Guy doesn't quit on me. Um, <laughs> so, but let's talk about that. You mentioned, you know, building a list outside of Amazon, which could, you could probably build a list even faster, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, Amazon has uh, a, a lot of uh, traffic and, that, and that's great, but you can actually use uh, paid traffic, for example, on Facebook to grow huge audiences really, really fast. Um, any, any type of social media, what what is important to, to to realize is that nowadays people are just used to uh, consuming content on the go. So right. you you don't want to. Uh, I mean, the, I, I believe that the old days of interruption marketing and uh, people are watching their favorite show and you show up on the on the commercial. Uh, I mean, that's that's just not effective anymore. So you have to pro- provide value. So if you can incorporate value into your into your message, entertainment, mm-hmm. or or education, and combine that with your products, then that's great. So if you're into the kitchenware, why not start a YouTube show where you're actually having somebody teach them how to cook with all the products that you sell? Right. So that's smart. And get them to subscribe there, and then of course it will take them to your uh, to your website, to your YouTube channel, to your Facebook channel to your Facebook page, I'm sorry. So you can actually build build the audience and connect with the people where they're at. Right, well, and let me, let me just say, I, so email lists were super, super awesome many years ago, and they're still good, right? I mean, you still use an email to contact somebody and hopefully get that person, if they've already bought from you, to buy your next product. But, you know, we know that open rates get uh, smaller and smaller with every year. So. The new list, at least to me, it seems, and I, th- I think you agree to some extent, right? Is that instead of actually getting them through emails, which you should still be building, I'm not saying not to, but getting them cookied, right? Getting them pixeled so that you can retarget is is super awesome. That's like the new thing, I guess. Well, it's not so new, but it's like 
the big buzzword now. You want to talk about retargeting? Because a lot of people might not know what that is. Yeah, um, I, I agree, Manny. I think uh, email is great, but retargeting is, is, is awesome as well. Uh, retargeting basically is, um, the way it works is whenever you go to a website, the advertiser, in this case uh, us, will put a cookie, a, a little file into your browser. So that allows uh, the advertising networks like Facebook or Google to identify your computer as part of my audience. And they will serve you ads that are relevant to you. So for example, if you've ever uh, noticed that some brands are almost following you all over the internet or you see a lot of the ads after you, you saw them once, it's because of retargeting. Uh, I've seen a lot of uh, people, they, they get they're thinking about getting married and oh my gosh i'm seeing ads about weddings all over the place and that's because of the websites they're visiting they're being retargeted and now the the advertisements become super relevant to their current needs right okay that's super powerful and i know we're doing that and we've actually uh, started today in fact right with some new ninja tactics that uh, that we talked about where I'm, I'm excited to see those results and and we could talk about those in a future episode yeah so, okay, so email list building is, is uh, super important. Um, retargeting, building stuff outside of, of uh, Amazon, right? Any, any kind of social media to, to build yeah. that audience? Uh-huh. Okay, uh, anything else that you wanna talk about re- in regards to brand or branding? Or branding? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I think it's, it's, it's just a matter of, of making sure that your, your brand has high perceived value uh, has a high level of, of recognition. Basically, you want to make sure that your brand is well connected. One product is is relevant to the next and to the next, so right. that they serve the same audience. It, it would be kind of weird if you just create a brand just to call it a brand, and you're selling uh, kitchenware and tools, for example. It uh, it's just not going to work. So make sure that the there's a good correlation between the products and that they're serving the same audience so you can actually use all this content around the products to to sell yeah and so and even i I think you should niche it down even more if you're within a category for example if you're doing kitchen stuff and you're selling some kind of uh, miracle cleaning supply you know something that's amazing um, but you're also selling kitchen utensils or knives or whatever it is, right? Those would be two separate brands. I don't think you would want to mix those together. Um, you'd, you'd want names that, that sound, or the brand names that sound better for whatever it is that you're, you're pushing. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to limit yourself too much, but yeah, you want to you want to niche it down a little bit, I agree. And also, I, we should probably mention, if you're serious about doing this, you probably want to look into trademarking your brand um, and at, at the very least looking to see if there's a trademark before you actually finalize and select that brand because we were going to be doing that with a, a particular name it sounded awesome and we looked it up and we're like ah it's trademark darn and then we looked a little closer and we're like okay wait the trademark isn't within the international code or class that our product is right for example if you're going back to that blender thing if if their trademark is on food food itself right like groceries that kind of stuff but yours is in a is a blender um, if they didn't trademark for that class then you can still trademark um, you should be able to trademark uh, for for the hardware side you'd want to check with your attorney but that's my understanding of it yeah i i think so too and and 
<laughs> it's it's important we say we're we're not lawyers and we don't play play lawyers on TV, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, um, cool, man. I, I think we got it. We're right at that thirty minute mark or so. Um, that's what we wanted to do. I think we've covered a, a good amount of stuff here. We'll be talking more about the brands that we you know we're building. Um, over the year, we don't obviously, you know, with with a lot of people listening to the podcasts, we can't say what the products are and what the brands are because then this everybody hops onto the the listings. But I should say that you know, Guy uh, and myself have been very very busy lately building out the FBA side of stuff, right? The all, all, our private label business, trying to get it set up for seven figure and eight figure numbers moving forward. So we've been a little bit behind on on doing the podcast stuff, but we're going to be coming out with. Uh, really awesome content. We've got some amazing tools that we're using internally, some of which we're going to be sharing with with our, our listeners. Right, Guy? I hope. It's it's up to Guy, actually. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure that, that you guys are all set up with, with great tools. I also wanted to, to ask, I'm, I'm never behind the microphone and, and I always ask Manny, but uh, please guys, um, make sure that you help us out with, uh, with reviews uh, for the podcast. That helps a lot. And also, um, questions you can go to ampmpodcast.com and you can ask ask questions there you can record your voice and we can play those questions back on the podcast or if if i can be of any help i'm available on the facebook group you can also find it at ampmpodcast.com on the right side of the of the website there you'll see the link that psychedelic looking color scheme that we used over there yeah, it's all crazy. <laughs> but um, yeah, hey guys, uh, just what Guy said, it's super important if you can uh, if you can leave a review on the podcast itself, like on iTunes, it helps. And I, I actually go in there and I read these and I see the usernames and, and you know, I, I, I remember this stuff. So if you're in there, feel free also on the, the Facebook group to say that you've left a review. That would be awesome. You know, I, both Guy and myself would really appreciate it because it helps. So that said, anything else, Guy, before we close it out? No, sir. I think... Uh... I just look forward to hearing from from you listening right now. Uh, just hop on, ask any questions. I look forward to doing this again, hopefully. Yeah, and we will. We'll have you know what? I think I'm going to do more podcasts with you because you. I, I think it's a little bit more dynamic a lot of times with a lot of the serious stuff. So uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to try to get you uh, on board on a regular basis. Cool. Absolutely, absolutely. Perfect, perfect. All Thank right, guys, you. that's about it. Guillermo, say goodbye. Goodbye, guys. And we will talk to you later on. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the AMPM podcast hosted by Manny Coates. For more information, insider tools, and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit ampmpodcast.com.